God is on the move, and uh, even with truckers. And uh, so, hallelujah. So, um, we're also thrilled today to have some dear friends with us. Uh, we're part of this church for a good long time, and uh, the Lord's just calling. <laughs> uh, Jackie and Gary uh, Kendall um, got to marry them a number of years ago, and uh, has it been 14 years? Wow, praise God. And uh, they live down in the Clanton area, and um, her business is there. And uh, Gary, it just, and I really wasn't all in tune or aware of all of this, I, you know, uh, but he basically, I mean, that to, to know that he's even alive right now is just a miracle. And I don't know all of his story. I just know there was some serious infection and stuff that had just taken over his body. He had the Godhead. I want, um, if you will, Gary, just stand and give a greeting and a, a brief testimony. Yeah, yeah, so people can hear. Uh, that's, that's like Jane. I mean, I mean, I didn't mean it bad. We, 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 we came here a long time ago. Uh, it's just too far to travel every three days a week or, you know, just a long way to go. And so we found a church locally, and we went there for the longest time. And uh, I'm just glad to be here. We had to bring some money to somebody, and uh, we're, we're just glad to be here. I'm, I'm love to see Tim. I love to hear him teach and preach. And uh, this is a blessing. We thank you. Thank you. The Lord is good. I, I had a, I had a uh, abscess on my liver, and it spread. And uh, either my gallbladder caused it, or it caused my gallbladder to explode. Or, but I was gutted and cleaned out and rotor-rooted and all that stuff. And now I'm, I'm feeling better, and I'm still weak as a kitten, so I don't push hard. And, uh, but other than that, praise God, I'm here. At least for another year. Amen. Thank you, Gary. Good to see you all. Praise the Lord. Praise God. God is on the move. There are very exciting things happening in the midst of distress all around the world. But it's, that's why it's so great to be a part of the kingdom of God <laughs> and of the family of God. Uh, Friday night, uh, we're in touch with the other men and brethren that we uh, do prayer with here in the city. I'm talking of Helena. And uh, the Friday night prayer meeting at Helena House of Prayer was fervent. Oh, it's, it was the Lord met with us Friday night. And, uh, but some wonderful reports were shared uh, before then and during that meeting that are just too exciting not to tell. And, uh, and then another, another one from uh, another report from a, a, up in the area where I used to live uh, many moons ago uh, up in the Sandusky Forestdale area. Uh, if you're not aware, during COVID, uh, had, first of all, have you ever heard of First Priority Clubs? First Priority? And... Um, and so they've, they've been around about 32 years, and they are uh, going, they go into schools and uh, student-led Bible studies and student-led meetings uh, for scripture and spiritual things and prayer. Before COVID, uh, before the so-called uh, pandemic, um, it was um, 
there were 140 schools in the Birmingham metro area. Now that includes 100. That, when I say metro area, that includes basically seven counties, okay, that make up the Birmingham metro area. So there were 140 schools that were engaged and had uh, first priority clubs in them and students meeting and God moving and, and uh, they have to have a teacher sponsor and et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, with the, pan, with the uh, pandemic, uh, the whole thing came, uh, uh, came crashing down and uh, there were zero meetings going on in zero schools and just, you know, very, very tragic. But since things have, uh, within the last year, things have gotten re-engaged and uh, first priority is now in 90 schools of the 140. And uh, I, I consider that a praise the Lord. And uh, my pastor friend, uh, as a matter of fact, used to be in this church many years ago. His family, he pastors at the Forestdale Church, uh, put out, but he was there present. And another church sponsor has helped sponsor this over at Minor High School at the, at the meeting last week, and I don't know how many teenagers came, but I do know 50 teenagers gave their heart to Christ. Every hand together, every hand. <laughs> Shout to the Lord. That's phenomenal. And things like this happening all over. So I was talking to Jody. Uh, Jody Troutwine lives here. And Helena, one of the partners that we helped do prayer, the Helena House of Prayer with. And he is now involved with First Priority. And so he was sharing what God is doing in Helena. And so what is going on just in the, um, and God is moving in Pelham, and, and uh, First Priority is fixing to go to Thompson. But uh, in, in Helena Elementary, that's grades one, two, and three, students that attend First Priority Club have to get permission from their parents. So there has to be a letter signed for them to attend. Okay, so parents know exactly what they're doing, what they're sending their children to, etc. Well, so Jody goes in there, and his son, he does ministry with his son, and let me encourage you to get your children involved in ministry with you. Train them up. That's what my dad did for me. My dad wasn't perfect. He's got all kinds of flaws, but he's a great man, and he loves the Lord. And he took me along with him in all kind of ministry things when, when I was a child, and uh, and so Jody takes his sons with him on ministry engagements. And this past uh, Wednesday, he took his son and he says, Dad, I want to do the sharing today. Seven-year-old. Loves the Lord. He said, I want to do the sharing today. Got up and shared the gospel according to, and, it's, and the, they have uh, bands, uh, you know, whatever these things are. Uh, and they have the gospel on them and in different symbols. Each one means something. And this young man took, I don't know how many children were there, but he took, he took, he said, I want to share what Jesus Christ has done for me and what he can do for you. And this is the good news of Jesus Christ. And he went through every step of the gospel. And, uh, and then they had every one of the children repeat it back to him, you know, to make sure they were understanding and comprehending the good news of Jesus Christ. Eighteen children said, I want Jesus Christ. Come on. And even Helena doesn't have its own school district yet. It's still part of Shelby County Schools. The principals are wide open with this to come in, come in, minister. 
So Helena Elementary, that's uh, Helena Intermediate School. Uh, there's no pro first priority club there yet. But the principal has talked to Jody and said, we are ready. We want you. Please come. Please come. So this will be fourth, fifth graders. And then in the middle school, God is moving. Uh, and I, don't, I, don't, I forget the numbers that are showing up to their, uh, their clubs meet, I think, on Thursdays. And what God is doing among the middle schoolers. And it's all volunteer. And um, kids are coming to know the Lord. People are being drawn. They're coming to the prayer meetings. And this is all pre-school hours, uh, what they're doing and getting engaged. And there's a great work and moving that's happening in the middle school. He told me, he said, Tim, there are, he was sharing with us, in Helena High School, he said, we're not in there yet. But teachers are finding out that there's about 16 to 18 students meeting for prayer every meeting for prayer at the high school. Crying out to God. And wanting to start a club. He said, the problem is we don't have enough workers. We don't have enough sponsors. We don't have enough, hardly any pastors or youth pastors involved at all. And, uh, it's, uh, it's exciting to me, not only to hear what God has done up on the north side of town, but what God's working right here in our town. <laughs> and there's a move among the young people. There's a stirring. And, and Jody says, you know what? He said, we're not praying for revival. The revival is here. It has begun. And how thrilling. How marvelous. And then it, it took me to get my attention for the Ukraine. And it's a shame I haven't been praying for them before this very much. From time to time, yes. But that, and, and learning from a great pastor who used to be my uncle's pastor many, many years ago, and he's a very well-known author and uh, very well-known across the nation now. And he's reporting, as I think Seth prayed, that uh, the greatest missionary nation in all of Europe is the Ukraine. People are against, for all of Eastern Europe and for all of Central Asia, I mean, they are sending out missionaries left and right from, uh, from their colleges, seminaries, from churches, and from synagogues, Messianic synagogues and things like that uh, throughout Europe. No wonder Satan is attacking this nation and trying to defeat it. Uh, great intercessory prayer for the capital of Kiev. By the way, Kiev is still in the hands of Ukraine. Praise God. And I know people have talked about corrupt government there in the past and this, that, and the other. Well, that's, that's everywhere. But uh, when you're talking about the kingdom of God... Uh, let me tell you, God is advancing and moving in this hour. And who knows? Maybe first priority, maybe it's Ukraine, whatever God is going to use to send the, this, and it is launched, this worldwide last great harvest before the Lord returns. And, uh, and our church is going to be a part of that. And... Uh, I'm, I'm, I am so excited about that. So with that said today, in these very familiar passages of Scripture, in, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, and verse, uh, well, I don't even remember what verse it is, 27. In, in Mark, chapter 8, verse 27. Anybody excited today? 
about God and His great work. Yeah. Mark chapter 8, verse 27. And it says this, And Jesus went out along with His disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi is in the very northern part of, of Israel, if you're familiar with your geography. And if you're not, anyway. Um, in the very northern part, up toward Lebanon, is where Caesarea Philippi is. And there were temples up there to Augustus. There was temples up there to Pan, the god Pan, uh, a place where they thought descended down into hell. Did you get to go there, Jenny, when you were in Israel? It's called Banias today, Caesarea Philippi. You went to Banias. Jesus went out, and along with his disciples, to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he questioned his disciples, saying to them, So who do people say that I am? Well, they told him, saying, Well, John the Baptist... Uh, the baptizer, others say Elijah, and others, uh, you're, just, you're one of the prophets. So the word was spreading all about the Lord everywhere. And who is this man? By the way, you have to answer that question. Who is Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus? And you've got to know. You've got to know that you know that you know. Who do you say that I am? Well, and he continued by questioning them, but who do you say? You've told me what they say. Who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, what? You are the Messiah. Now that was, that's profound. Matthew's recording is, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, I love that. And by the way, it was all in the scriptures of the Old Testament. About the Son in Isaiah. About the Son in Daniel. About the Son in the Psalms. In other references. Oh, it's all there. And, of course, Jesus' response to him in Matthew, I think, is, you know, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. God, let there be breakthrough of revelation from you of the truth that we need, O oh Lord Jesus. Let it register in our hearts. Let it register in our minds, O oh Lord Jesus, we pray. And he says, so who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Messiah. You are the servant of God. What's Messiah? To be, to be a Messiah, you had to be the son of God, and you had to be the servant of God. You put those two things together, made you the Messiah. Okay? And so he warned them not to tell no one about him, at least at this point. Well, he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things. This is the first time he's bringing this up. Now, they've been with him. I don't know how, how long, how many months now they've been with him. they watched him do this. They've heard his teaching. they heard his marvelous things. And all of a sudden, at this place, he's telling them, the Son of Man must suffer many things. 
I want you to know, Peter, I want you to know, John, I want you to know that I am going to be ridiculed. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be made fun of. I'm going to be ridiculed. I'm going to be despised. I'm going to be rejected. Now, what do you think their response is at this point when they're hearing all this? No, there ain't no way, God. I mean, no, you're the, you're the one that's coming to deliver Israel. You are rabbi. You are the teacher of Israel. Matter of fact, we know you are God. This will not happen to you. Suffer many things. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, those in charge, those of the Sanhedrin that were running everything, the 70 Sanhedrin. They were basically the spiritual and political leaders of the entire nation at that time under Rome's control. You're going to be rejected. I'm going to be rejected by the elders and the chief priests. Now, I thought there was only one chief priest at a time, but you know, in Jesus' day, because of political bar- bartering and bargaining, uh, there were two, Annas and Caiaphas, and, you know, it was all political and corrupt, and money was changing hands, and who could get, anyway, access to this important position. And so, I'm going to be rejected by the chief priests. I'm going to be rejected by the scribes, the Pharisees, the lawyers, the, the, the big religious people of the day. And I'm going to be... Y'all scared to say that? I'm going to be killed. It was like he was slapping them in the face. Wait a minute. We've heard this good news. Wait a minute. We've seen you do great miracles. We've heard incredible teachings. Your words are spirit, not life. No, 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 no. And you're going to be killed. After three days, I'm going to rise again. You know what? By the time they got he got down to that point, I think their ear, I think their minds were already stuck somewhere up there, and they weren't. They didn't hear that. Hello. Didn't hear that part. Next. And of course, he was stating the matter plainly. I, I need that. Tell it to me plainly. <laughs> okay. Hello. He was stating the matter plainly. And Peter took him. He took him aside. And what? (laughs) You've just recognized he's God. The Messiah. The Son of the living God. Stand up, Wayne. You're not able to stand up. Are you able to stand up? (laughs) I can't even do it. <laughs> he rebukes him. I, I don't think and he did have, I don't think Peter had any smiles on his face. No. 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 He was scared. I, 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 thank you, boy. No 
of people missing a paycheck for that. Of course, you've never rebuked the Lord. You've never done that. We're talking God here. We're talking our Creator. We're talking our Recreator. We're talking our Redeemer. He takes him aside. I mean, you know, there's 12 around, and there's a, several more. He takes him aside, and he began to rebuke him. Turning around. Talking of Jesus. Turning around and seeing his disciples. He rebuked Peter. And said. You're all scared to say that today, right? Alright, everyone that can read. Here we go. He turned around, he rebuked Peter and said. Now, what is man interested in? Self-preservation. Power. I can't hear the flesh, someone said money, good life. Come on, help me out. Prestige, pleasure. What? Help each other. Well, yeah, if there's something in it for the person. Easy life. Okay. Yeah. Well, you've named eight. I think we could probably go on. The things that man is interested in. The things of man. All earthly. All earthly. And Jesus turned his back to Peter, but turned to his disciples. You, speaking of Peter, but all of them. Where's your mind at? Your heart. What's it set on? You really belong to God? You really believe that He is the Christ? You are not setting your mind on God's interest. I think the Greek says, on the things of God but on man's things. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples because there was more than 12 and there were a number of other people following him and there was a big crowd wherever Jesus went. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, now why would you not pursue God? 
Why would you not pursue the Son of God? Why would you not pursue the Messiah? The one who has all the answers. The one that's all powerful. The one that's all wisdom. Why would you not pursue him? Y'all hearing this? Good preaching. So if anyone wishes to come after me, of course you're familiar with this, he must deny himself. Okay? That this basically means, as I've taught before, that you have to disown yourself. By the way, you never owned yourself to begin with. You always belong to somebody. You you had a master before you had this master. The world thinks that you know, they're the captain of their ship. Are you kidding me? If anyone wishes to come after me, he needs to disown himself. He's not telling you not to not to say that you don't exist and that you don't matter. That's not what he's saying. When Jesus humbled himself and he emptied himself before the Father, it didn't mean that he stopped being God or he stopped being who he was or in his identity. It just means he was willing to submit himself unto somebody else's authority. And is that what Jesus did? Absolutely. And so here it says, if anyone wishes to come after me, he, he must deny himself and, of course, take up his cross and basically one and the same and, and do what? And little 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 tepid there. And do what? Follow me. Sit Lindsay. If I asked you, oh I'm going to ask you, how many of you love Jesus? I knew that was going to be the response. Everybody here loves Jesus. To what degree do you love Jesus? How far are you willing to go to follow him? Why are you holding back from surrendering to him? Yes, we all love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. I, I step back into the old. Oh, how I love Jesus. Why? Because he first loved me. Of course we love Jesus. God is wanting to take you, and he is taking you to a different place in him. What we need is to fall, let me put it this crazy way, we need to fall madly in love with Jesus Christ. 
I'd love to see it one day we come in here and the worship team does four or five songs and y'all want to keep going. Y'all want to keep worshiping. I, I'm looking for that day. And my prayer is because we're in great days here and greater days are coming here among us I'm talking about and I'm trying not to use superficial, shallow words or just words to make you feel good. But I'm asking God to raise up pastors and evangelists and teachers and laborers and wherever he wants to send you, whatever he wants to do with you, even in the business world, whatever it is, May God allow us to see people saved, healed, even inwardly, discipled, sent. There's a whole lot more I wanted to say today, but I'm saving it. So to what degree do you love Jesus? The surface. Right now, it's just words. Easy to love someone who loved you first. Look, every sermon is for me before it's for you. God has just gotten a hold of my heart this week. And he has completely obliterated my schedule in the last five weeks. Everything is changing. For the good. <laughs> For the good. All right. And ourselves take up our cross. We'll do the same thing, basically. And y'all say these three words really good. Ready? And follow me. Follow me. So when I was a kid, it was an old hymn. Look, I, I love the songs we're singing now. By the way, I, I'll make this point. That is, uh, the Lord doesn't need to pour out His Spirit. He's already done that. What He needs to do is pour through or out of His Spirit. Um, some songwriters need to get that right. Need to get that correct. But good and great songs today. But anywhere with Jesus, I can safely go. That's the kind of songs. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him. Thank you. I'll go with him all the way. Miss a sweet gal right here. Thank you. Jesus, I don't go anywhere as long as it's not 10 miles from here. I stepped into facetiousness, forgive me. I don't go anywhere, boy, you learn that just not Africa. <laughs> Let me get to the big thrust, and that is in 2 Corinthians. Well, let me read this. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Bobby. Okay, y'all read this. Ready? Go. For 
I say, call. Is it worth it? I'm not sure the disciples were all convinced. I mean, they knew. They knew who he was, but they were, you know, you know. But, uh, you know, some woman comes in and breaks a bottle of oil and puts it all over his feet and wipes her feet with her hair. And the disciples are going, Why did you do this? This this could have been saved and taken out and bought and we could have fed the poor with this money. Did they not get it? good. Well, this woman understood. She understood the worth and the value of her Redeemer. And she took with that costly bottle of nard perfume. Cost maybe three quarters of a year's salary to purchase this. And she went and spilled it all on Jesus. She understood For my sake. All right. Hang on. Just two more verses. And everybody's going incredible, really. Y'all can smile now. Come on. Second. These are my current life verses. I have verses for my life. I have verses, two verses for my ministry. And then I have verses for this church. Okay. Every one of you should get, should have some verses that really are the impactful and guiding your life right now, your personal verses. And then get you some ministerial verses that guide, give guidance and vision to your ministry. And then one day we'll share more about even the verses that apply vision and mission to the entire church. I have verses for each one. These are my personal verses. I'm going to share them with you, and I have before. I'm going to share them again. It takes about seven times for you to hear it before it really... Lord, let it register today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I would love to preach on chapter 3, 4, oh, one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Paul says, he says, we're always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus may be manifested in my body or in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. The government has teamed up with the corporate sector of, a, of the world and they are bringing together, they are co-laborers together in establishing the one world global system. And it doesn't necessarily have to have a world governance to do that. They are doing that all over the world, nation after nation after nation. Government and 
corporate world joining hands together, bringing in and ushering in the world global system. Okay? You know what we are? And I'm stepping into some other things I won't, probably want to preach at a future time, but that we are co-laborers with God, ushering in and bringing forth the kingdom of God alone. How awesome is that? Always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. We who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus may be manifested, revealed, shown through our mortal flesh. Oh, by the way, you love Jesus. How many of you have Jesus that resides within you? You are in union with him. Anybody here? Well, Ken, we're going to have a great altar call today. I'm joking. I'm like you. If I wasn't sitting up front, I had the personality type that I would be sitting on the back row, you know, and I, so I could see everything and kind of feel secure and safe, you know. And the Lord says, no, buddy, I'm dragging you up here to the front. I'm not an upfront person. You really think I am, but I'm not. Only in the Lord. Come on. He does. Matter of fact, I told the Lord 35 years ago, It'll be 35 years the first Sunday of May that we came here. And I told the Lord in 1987, you've heard this, but I told the Lord I, I do not want to come to this church. I would come down here with my, my pastor from the Forestdale area, and we would have prayer meetings here. And back in that day, the building was much smaller. It, had, it didn't have half the lights in it. The doors were wooden. It was just, you know, it was like, oh, Lord, this is not... Woods and trees everywhere all around here. Just a little tiny parking lot in the front and blah, blah. You know, I mean, you know, it was like, I never said it out loud. Danny, I never said it out loud. I said it in my heart. You know what? The Lord heard me anyway. And he led me down here. <laughs> he didn't have to pull my ear. But after it was revealed to me that the special needs bus stopped in this parking lot to pick up and drop off special needs children, I'm going, okay, God, if I think if I'm going to follow you, I'm going to be coming to this church. That's, come on, it's funny, it's funny. Follow me, follow me. Jesus says, follow me, follow me. And one of the first things I did, tore down the wooden doors, put some glass doors in, put up double the lights of the whole building. <laughs> anyway. For we who live are constantly being del delivered over to death. Now, now, he meant that literally. He meant that literally. Constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. And in the last verse, I told you two verses. I'm sorry, it's three. The last verse is this phrase. Here it is. So death works in us, but 
life in you. Can I tell you what? For Je- you know what Jesus is interested in? He's interested in bringing people life. Life. Fullness. Life as opposed to death. Fullness as opposed to emptiness. understood this completely. So death is working in me, but life is working in you. And that's the whole trust. We're going to commemorate today, again, the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to really bring it home today. Uh, What's that song, that reckless love song of the Lord pursuing you, the Lord's, he'll knock down walls to come after you, he'll Y'all, y'all know that song? What's that song? Um, oh, the... Yeah, come on, help me. Oh, the... Chase chases me down fights till I'm found. Leaves the 99. I won't... I, I, I couldn't earn it. I won't deserve it. Da, 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 da. Yeah, see, you're good. I know him. Y'all know this. This is great. I know who to rely on. And it was like the thought ran across my mind. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It fights till I'm found. It leaves the 99. It chases me down. I couldn't hurt. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And it's like I've heard in my mind. Is somebody knocking the walls down to come follow me? I started hearing that song from God's perspective. Is there anybody knocking the walls down to come follow me? Is there anybody leaving the needs of men to forsake the needs of men in the crowd and to come follow me? Is there anybody? Is there anybody that is claims to know me? Is there anybody with that kind of reckless love for me? And I don't know what the verses say. I forget. The Lord brought that to my mind. Oh, dear God. We are so excited about your love for us. And I am. I am. I am. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so good to me. Is there anybody speaking a word over God? Is there anybody speaking a blessing to God? Is there anybody singing over God? You've been so, so kind to me. Is there there more? That's all right. You get the idea. Made it all for me. You've been so, so, so kind to me. And yes, we're going to celebrate that. I don't want to ever not rejoice in that. I, and I'm not telling the group not to sing that song again. That's not what I'm doing. I guess if I left you with one phrase, it would be, and if you get nothing out of this today, I hope you have, but it's like, for Jesus' sake.
That's it. For Jesus' sake. And what is he all about? Bringing people life. Let us deny ourselves. Let us take up our crosses. Let us pursue him wherever he leads. Let us, let us, who are constantly being delivered over to death, stop fighting it. Because he's wanting to bring the life of Jesus out through you. When we were singing that song today, I was not singing, pour, pour me out, pour me out. I was not singing that. It's a good song. Clay going to get a, you're going to get a complex for me talking. No, no, no. <laughs> pour me out. I wasn't saying pour me out. I have nothing to give and offer except to my Lord my life. He has put his Holy Spirit in me. And I'm saying, Lord, because if he, he's already poured out his Holy Spirit, so he pours through his Spirit. So I, I was singing today, pour through me, pour through me, wherever I go, wherever I am, pour through me, pour through me. You know what? The only way that's going to happen is if I die to myself, if I am dying daily, or if I am constantly being given over to death so that the life of Jesus will come out of me. You follow me? So, God wants to use you to bring life to a bunch of people. To a bunch of people. Hallelujah. That's it. Let's stand together. Uh, you have been very patient. Well, I'm going to I'm going to invite everyone that's willing.